Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to give them the tools to help them and their businesses become as successful as possible. And I'm so excited today for several reasons. First is I have another guest from Australia. This is just so much fun. I love talking with my foreign guests um, because, you know, I'm, I'm one of those suckers for accents. But, you know, it, it means that we are truly connected worldwide. And I think that's what people need to keep in mind is it is a very small world and you never know where connections are going to come about. Um, and the other reason I'm so excited is we're going to be talking specifically about marketing for small businesses. And I know that that is a large part of our listeners. They're entrepreneurs, they're small business owners, they're people that know they need marketing and are just completely and totally perplexed by it because they think, good golly, it's too hard, it's too difficult, I don't have time, I don't know what I'm doing, but of course they realize they need it. So please join me in welcoming Jill Brennan to our program today. Thanks, Deb. It's so lovely to be with you. Well, you see, I love that accent. <laughs> you know, this is so much fun. Um, and it's funny, you know, I'm here in Atlanta, and I don't have a southern accent yet. Um, so, you know, I do throw in a y'all every once in a while. But <laughs> So before we start, though, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Jill Brennan is a marketing consultant for small businesses that think differently. She is a mentor and the founder of Harbren Marketing and has been in the small business trenches for around 20 years. During that time, she has worked in, with, and for small companies. She has generated thousands of leads and sales for businesses in very competitive niches. Her book called Get Smarter Marketing, The Small Business Owner's Guide to Building a Savvy Business, will be published in the United States around October of 2017 and can actually be pre-ordered right now on Amazon. So again, welcome, Jill. Thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> well, you know, it really is something that, as I mentioned in the, the intro, small business owners absolutely know that they have to have marketing. But in many cases, they don't know what to do. And it's certainly not because they're not intelligent. It's because they have other things they're focusing on. You know, they're, they've got a great product they're selling, a great service that they're selling, all of those things. And they know how to do that. But they have no clue as to how to actually market themselves. So let's start with, um, you know, I read your book. You know, thank you for providing me an advanced copy. Great information. And it really does walk you through how to do the basics of business. So let's just kind of start by talking about what are the five building blocks of marketing? Well, I, I agree with you, Deb. A lot of people are very confused about marketing. Mm -hmm. I think it used to be so much easier, um, you know, for people to, to find out about new products or services. You know, they could ask their friends. They mm -hmm. could, you know, look, on, uh, look in the yellow pages or some sort of directory. They could um, just, you know, see different businesses as they go about their day. And now there's just so many options, so many methods, so many platforms that you can use that I think it, it does get just overwhelming for people. So to me, the, the five building blocks of marketing are um, strategy, branding, collateral, 
awareness and reporting. And a lot of people get very focused on the awareness side of things, mm-hmm. which is, you know, letting people know what you're all about. But if you don't have the other building blocks sorted out, then what are you actually raising awareness of? Right. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, it often won't resonate for people. Mm-hmm. So to me, strategy is, you know, it's all about, you know, what do you want? Who are you, who are you where are you going? Who are you going to target? Um, and that is really a fundamental building block because if you don't have that in place, then it doesn't, um, you know, often your other activities can be a little bit scattered. So it's, um, you know, it's about what your values are, you know, your, your vision, your um, your beliefs, that sort of thing. And I see it as, as like the core operating platform for your business. Um, and branding is sort of the next layer that goes on top which to me is is not just about your logo which is really the visual representation of your brand but it's actually what do you want to be known for mm-hmm. so if people think of you what, what is it that they they first think of um, about your business and and it really should support and strengthen strengthen the direction that you've taken in your strategy so you know for example if your values are about uh, people then all your imagery should be showing relationships they should be showing you interacting with people Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually dealing with a client that one of their values was people but then they had pictures of um, all their images were of people on their own (laughs) so it's just you know there was just this disconnect Mm -hmm. and and often you know you don't step back to actually look at well does that all align you know, does that all add up to what mm-hmm. I, I actually want to be uh, about? Uh, collateral really explains your expertise. So mm-hmm. it gives your stranding strategy and branding stability and character. And it, it explains what you're about and also sort of how you can help. So things like your website, uh, brochures, case studies, ebooks, checklists, really any information, you know, that you can use to explain your business and, and what you're about. It's really, to me, it's an enduring communication piece. Mm-hmm. Um, awareness is really the fuel that takes you where you want to go. So it's about, you know, building awareness of who you are and what you can offer uh, your customers to solve their problem. So, you know, it could be different methods, different mm-hmm. platforms, email marketing, social media, video, content marketing, media partnerships, personal branding. I mean, so many. And, and I think that's where everyone mostly gets stuck in, mm-hmm. in the awareness side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then reporting. Uh, so that's often overlooked until people have spent a lot of money and they go, hang on, what just happened? Yeah. Why didn't this work? Why don't <laughs> Why we have that? people beating our door down? Exactly. That's right. So really important to get that right up front, mm-hmm. um, particularly because marketing is an iterative process. So you do something, you get feedback on what happened, what worked, what didn't. And sometimes uh, it may seem like something didn't work in that you didn't get the conversions that you wanted, you didn't get the sales, but actually there's usually clues in there about why it didn't work. And mm-hmm. if you don't have the reporting in place, well, then it's very difficult to, to actually work out what that was, and then improve for the next time. Mm-hmm. Really, nothing nothing should be be wasted. But if you're not actually tracking it, then you don't know mm-hmm. for sure. You're just right. guessing. Right. And and the problem is typically when we guess, we guess wrong. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and so that's why it is so important to actually really take the time to go through those things. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. But it can be, um, you know, I guess the other side of it is that you can also then drown in data. So oh, yeah. it's it's knowing <laughs> the whole analysis paralysis. It's knowing what, um, what metrics are actually important. So, you know, if you're advertising, for example, then you're wanting to be look at, looking at click-through rates and, mm-hmm. you know, how many times people clicked on your ads and, and then you know bounce rate yeah how long did they stay on your landing page you know things like that but you can get very um you can go down the rabbit hole of of data very easily right. so it's it's about just uh tracking the things that really matter mm-hmm. well let's go back to start at the beginning um and mm-hmm. and i love in your book that the very first question we need to answer is why why are we in business and i think you know whether it's we've been in business for 10 years or we're just starting out or, you know, all those various things. I think a lot of times that why gets lost and, you know, it can obviously change over time. So that's, that's something to look at. But, you know, how many times have have you, have you asked a business owner, why do you do what you do? And you get the, uh, 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they, they either don't remember or they don't know why, you know, and, and, and and that guides everything. You know, yes, we are in business to make money. You know, we for the most part, we have bills we have to pay, all those various things. But we hopefully had a passion for whatever it was. And it wasn't just, well, I had to go into for business myself because I got fired from my my job. And, and sometimes that is the case. But, mm. you know, how do you really work through business owners to find their why? Mm. It's often it's uh, already you know it, it's there. It's really just digging it out. So it's it's asking you know a number of of questions about you know what drives you, um, what gets you out of bed in the morning, what makes you feel energized, what do you believe in? Those sort of questions. If you take the time to to think about them, and often people don't really want to because it's. You know, it's a, it's easier to just sort of keep doing what you're doing um, rather than having that sort of introspective time. But if you actually look at it, um, often why you do what you do, it's it's in there. It's sort of it's like an onion, really. It's covered in in layers of um, well, like, you know, that just seemed obvious. Or yes, I lost my job. Or I, you know, I didn't know what else to do. But actually, right in there is is going to be the nugget of, of what's really driving you. Um, you know, things like what what issues get you fired up? Like, And often sometimes it's asking the, the opposite questions. What don't you like? What mm-hmm. don't you want to do? Um, and that can really... Um, that can really help people to bring it out as well, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's just pausing and being prepared to, to look a bit deeper. But one of the things... Um, I talk about in the book is is answering those kinds of questions and and then just sort of giving your your top three answers for each one and and once you go through that process then it can be fairly obvious but it's mm-hmm. just yeah taking that time to um to delve deep right and I would think in in many cases it helps people find that passion again um, mm. you know and and because they forgot why they started in business you know maybe it's a landscaper who just absolutely loves to create quiet places for people you know and and they got so caught up in doing other things that they lost that or you know maybe it's you know it's someone like like you and i where we love working with professionals and helping them but that got lost in in the Mm. in the time process and and all of those things or it could be that it's never been lost and you really do truly know why you're doing this 
and you have that passion that then is carrying through with everything that you do. Mm, that's right. And I think, you know, when things are going well, uh, you don't. You probably don't need to reflect as well mm-hmm. as much on your why. But when things get a bit tough, that's when uh, you need it on a, certainly on a personal level mm-hmm. um, because you think well, you know things are falling apart. I'm not getting paid, or or this you know my big biggest customer is is no longer. They've walked away, and and that's when you actually need to to know. Yes, this is why I'm doing this. This mm-hmm. is why um, I get out of bed. This is why I'm passionate about it, and you know I will re- rebuild or I'll overcome those challenges. Mm-hmm. But so that you know, on a personal level, that's why it's important. But it's also you know can shape obviously your business, the the way you react. But also, if you have a team, mm-hmm. then that's a guiding force for them as well. So it can be quite a unifying. Um, sort of decision point or um, unifying concept mm-hmm. uh, that, that just powers the whole business. And, and certainly that's the ideal setup. Uh, but it's when when things get a bit tough that, that you really need to call on it. Mm-hmm. Because if it was just about making money, well, there's, there's probably easier ways than running right. your own business because mm-hmm. uh, it can be, can be very challenging. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm sure many small business owners have discovered that there's a lot of it that they don't like, whether mm. it's the bookkeeping, the marketing, the um, the networking. <laughs> you know, hopefully they like doing what it is that they do. But mm. you know, and and we'll talk later on in the program about outsourcing some things because you've got some great information and thoughts about that. But you know, it it, it really does bring us back to focusing on why you do something and and you know what started you down this path. You know, what was that, that passion? And I love. When I hear people that say, you know, this this is just what I was born to do, you know, and it's, oh, oh, man, you know, because sometimes I'm still thinking, what do I want to be when I grow up? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, I first started working with uh, small businesses quite a long time ago, uh, helping local Australian companies set up trading and partnership arrangements with Mm -hmm. companies in Japan, um, which I really loved, I guess. Uh, you know, I don't come from a family that that starts, you know, is entrepreneurs at all. But I just loved uh, working with small business. I think often they're very creative, very um, innovative, and and they're really forging their own path. And I find that quite exciting. I also love the variety. Um, you know, getting to work with lots of different sorts of businesses, and you know, they have different problems, different challenges, and and that. You know, that motivates me. I, I find that quite exciting um, to solve different sorts of problems for them. Um, but, yeah, I was uh, working, as I said, helping companies uh, deal with Japan. And then um, I decided to take my own leap into the unknown and set up mm-hmm. a, a business. Um, it was quite a while ago and it was uh, an innovative online membership service service. Um, but, uh, you know, it was at the sh- forefront of the shift towards digital services. But um, unfortunately, you know, it was a great concept, but not enough people were prepared to pay to buy it. So, mm-hmm. you know, while it, it did get a little bit of traction, it, it just really wasn't viable. And it was very painful and expensive lesson, really, Um you can you can complain about the market and say it's not fair and you know it, people should know about it and they should buy it but really <laughs> there's not much point railing against it mm-hmm. um, because that's that's life so you just have to um, take it as the great arbiter of 
uh, life and move on. So, you know, if I'd really spent more time up front, you know, working out my validations about what what's what's possible with this, then I could have actually changed things around and probably made it work. But I, I, I wasn't open to that. I sort of had a set idea of what it should be. Right. So really, <laughs> um, it led to a, a much broader interest in what it takes to motivate people to take action. So what I then did was I spent a number of years doing affiliate marketing. So I was promoting other people's products or services and then getting paid a, you know, on a commission basis either for a lead or a sale. And that's a, a really interesting experience um, because it's often very thin, the margin. So I'm obviously, you know, I'm spending money on advertising and then if I don't get enough in leads or sales to cover my costs, then I'm at a loss. So mm-hmm. it's very much, you know, it can be, it sort of sounds sometimes like it's it's um, an easy way to make money, but often the the reality is that the margins are quite thin and you need to be very creative and um, resourceful to make mm-hmm. things work. Um, the other thing that can happen is you're promoting someone's offer and then they go, okay, I've got enough leads for now. Um, I'm going to turn that off. Mm-hmm. So you, you've built up this expertise in promoting that particular service or product and oh. then that, yep, it's gone. <laughs> So that's uh, that's quite interesting. And then from there, um, I started doing consulting. It started mm-hmm. off quite slowly um, and then it's just developed over time. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess what motivates me is I've, I see small business owners really struggling with marketing and I think often it's because, as, as we were saying before, they do feel very confused about it and, and don't um, perhaps really – you know, understand what's involved and, and, and have it sort of simplified. So that was one of the, the motivations to write the book is is just to provide, and there are a lot of guides out there uh, around marketing, but I just saw an opening for a book that, that sort of walked you through how to set up a marketing plan because I really feel that that's the basics of right marketing um, and, and even if you don't do it yourself just to understand all the key uh, elements involved so that you come from a position of knowing a position of strength and then you can be asking different questions um, you can be you know having different expectations around what's possible and um, you know hopefully that helps you grow your business mm-hmm. you know and and that is so true that you know, if you if you don't really know what marketing is, you just are very confused. Um, mm. you know, and, and and we look at other examples, and then that's where we get confused even more. Um, you know, mm. I do a lot of working with people with social media, and you know, every day, I you know, whenever I'm at a networking event, somebody comes up to me and they say, "I know I should be on Facebook and on LinkedIn <laughs> and on Twitter and on Instagram and Snapchat." And pretty soon, they they you know their little eyes are going, and there's smoke that's come out of their ears. And I tell them, okay, first of all, does it make sense for you to even mm-hmm. be on social media? You know, are the people you're trying to reach on social media? And I usually get a, you know, because they haven't even thought of it. You know, it was just, well, this person was there, so I knew I needed to be there also. And then I tell them, okay, you don't have to do it all. <laughs> I don't have an Instagram account. I don't have a Snapchat account. They're cool. You know, I'm sure I would love them. But you do have to draw a line and draw a limit. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, or people, you know, like, well, now the one thing that I think almost every business should have is a website. You know, I think that is something that is, is a given that, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're doing in this day and age, you need to have at least a very basic website. But, 
you know, for the other things, do you really need that printed brochure? Well, it depends on what you're doing. You probably need a business card. You know, we went through this whole trend where you could, your phone could whack another phone and it transferred your, your business. And, you know, I never figured out how to do that. I mean, it was just very strange. I want that business card in my hand because then it goes in the pile with the other, you know, 100 business cards. But, yep. you know, you, you when we, we think about collateral and things like that, what makes sense? You know, and, mm. and it doesn't have to break the bank, folks. You know, the, that is the cool thing about technology today. You don't have to print 10,000 brochures to get the best price. You can print 100, you know, and, and, and maybe that's especially what you want to do when you're starting out because you're going mm. to revise it. You're going to make changes, mm. you know, all those various things. So, you know, how many of us, you know, show of hands out there, have old collateral sitting on shelves somewhere because we spent so much money on it, we just can't bear to throw it away. Yeah. That's right. Mm, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm one of those. Mm. <laughs> and I think, you know, your point about getting feedback is so important and it, it's much better to have, you know, a, a brochure that you may be a little bit embarrassed about and get feedback on so that you can improve it rather than going out and getting, as you say, 10,000 copies printed up front and then, feeling embarrassed about that and not actually using it um you know it's it's as i said it, you know it is so important to get feedback and to to take it as an iterative process that you can definitely improve on mm -hmm. just one other point too you know when you're talking about social media um Often people, they'll hear that someone, you know, is big on Twitter. Oh, I've got to be on Twitter. But often they don't actually know, you know, the backstory of, of what went into that and what mm -hmm. the overall strategy is. And, and maybe it's, it's part of something else, something mm -hmm. bigger. And right. they're using that to, you know, to feed perhaps their blog and they're, you know, they're promoting a lot of things, but they're also promoting other people. And so, mm -hmm. you know, without really an appreciation for the bigger picture, the, the strategy behind it, then you just sort of zig, you know, you're just pinging off in all kinds of directions. And then what typically happens, as I'm sure you know, you know, you do it for, th for a month mm -hmm. and then they go, oh, that's all too hard. Um, I'll stop that, which is actually worse because mm -hmm. then it's, you know, you've got the virtual tumbleweeds rolling through the, the Twitter account right. and people are going, well, are you still in business? You haven't mm -hmm. tweeted for six months. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps perhaps you're struggling. Perhaps you're not, you're not right. around any longer. Mm -hmm. right. And if that is where your market is looking for information, you just lost them. Mm. That's right. I want to talk more about the the you know some of the principles that you talk about in your book and and this is one that I think many small business owners don't do because it's for the big guys or they don't have time or all of those things and that's looking at your vision and and your mission you know and and we do we see you know big companies have the mission statements and the visions and all of those things and we think well I'm just this little guy and I just want to make money but Tell us why it is so important for small business owners to have a vision and mission. Mm. Well, it really, um, it's something that you can use to engage with your customers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are attracted to, to businesses that actually want to do more than just sell products or services. They, right. they want to be part of something bigger. And one of the examples I talk about in the book is uh, Eric Orton, who is a running coach, and he was actually the, the coach that 
helped train Christopher McDougall for his book, which is quite well known called Born to Run. Mm -hmm. And um, Eric's one of Eric's goals is to have a runner in every household. Mm -hmm. So that's his vision and, you know, that's what he's aiming to do and, and he may or may not achieve that. But what that means is that he's then changed his business around how can he achieve that. So he's he went online, he's um, got training, he's written a book, he has, you know, products that anyone can purchase anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so that really shaped um, his business because before that he was just doing coaching in his hometown one-on-one or, you know, one to a small group. So it, it just um, changed the scope of his business and changed, uh, you know, how many people he could reach. And as I said, whether he achieves the goal of, of one runner per household, he's actually going to be further towards that goal than if he'd just stayed coaching on a small, you know, personal basis. Mm-hmm. Great. So, and, and as you mentioned, we as a consumer want to tie into that. Um, you know, and, and and I think that is where so many people miss because they think, well, they don't care about that. You know, they, they just want to know, can I do this service? Can I provide that widget? But we work with people, you know, we always say this, that we know, like, and trust. And mm. part of that is built up by knowing that. And I love on your website, which is harben.com, H-A-R-B-R-E-N, sorry, I pronounced that wrong, harben.com. H-A-R-B-R-E-N.com, you have an entire page dedicated towards what you do to contribute to your local and global communities. And I love this concept because, you know, whether somebody agrees with it or not, they still see, wow, these are great. And, you know, and, and we do this as business owners. We're asked to serve on boards and maybe it's a business organization. Maybe it is, you know, a nonprofit like the American Cancer Society or, you know, a, a pet rescue or, or, you know, children's, all of those various things. But aside from anything else, that makes us human. And I think that's what so many business owners think nobody cares about. And I tell you, to me, it does, it is very important. I look at that, you know, it's how involved is someone in the community? What are they doing to kind of give back? Mm, I think that's right. And, you know, there's, we all have things, you know, that we are passionate about Mm -hmm. in terms of those sort of things. And I I do think it makes people more human and people deal with people. They don't really deal with business, uh, with corporates, you know, Uh, you have even with, if you are dealing with a big company, it's the people within the business that that Mm -hmm. you have that connection with. You don't have a connection with a logo necessarily. It's who's behind that. So I I think that's where sharing those sort of stories and and sharing what you're doing um, uh, provides you know, different points of, of contact that, that people may connect with better. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do feel passionate about um, giving back. Um, yeah, I lo- love the things that I'm involved with and I wish, wish that I could do more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's great. Right. You know, and, and I think there's kind of that fine line to make sure that people are think, aren't thinking, oh, my gosh, she's going to ask me to give money or, or to volunteer, <laughs> all those things. And I think that may be why people think, you know, I'm not going to talk about it because then they're going to think I'm going to ask them for money or time or, or whatever. And it's really not the case, you know, it's, mm. and, and people are involved in, in a lot of different things, um, you know, and, and it's funny, there are some people that, that aren't involved in their communities, but I bet if they think about it, they're going to come up with things. And mm. I tell you what, if they're not, then maybe they do need to rethink and think, you know, 
how can I be involved in my community? And, and it doesn't even have to be a local community. Maybe it's that you're working with, say, um, organizations in South Africa to provide microloans mm. or, you know, all those various things. So I think it's something that is very important as small business owners that we definitely need to consider and, and do. Mm. That's one of the reasons why I like and got involved with B1G1, which is uh, stands for buy one, give one. And mm-hmm. it's really about incorporating giving uh, into your business. So, for example, every person that I connect with on LinkedIn, I then, um, through B1G1, pledged five days of drinking water for families in Cambodia. Wow. So it's tying an action. Oh, we connected today. So that's so cool. There you go. <laughs> it's tying a, a business action to a giving story or a giving mm-hmm. impact. And I, I really like that way of doing things that it's mm-hmm. – um, and it's not it's not really about the money so much as mm-hmm. just a structured way to to help um and yeah so i also i do that through um i, I run a big picture strategy session with which is a two-hour, you know, deep dive into your business and mm-hmm. 20% of the profits from that go to Kiva, which provides um, loans for entrepreneurs around the world, um, which again, you know, I, I love because that's giving people a start and, and it's a loan. They pay that money back and then mm-hmm. usually what happens is a reloan that to someone else. So, right. I, I, you know, that's just one of the things that I like to do is to, to structure activities that I'm already doing mm-hmm. um, for my business and then um, pair that with some kind of donate well donation or but it's not really a donation it's actually a leg up it's mm-hmm. it's a way to to really i think make a difference right which you know, is and, great and it can be you know working at your child's school or That's right. you know church activities all of those various things that, you know and 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 i think it is something that probably everybody does you know and, mm. and they just don't really stop to think about it and to think that what the difference is um, you know, there was a, a, a business association back in Colorado that I used to belong to, and it was it was a, a women-specific business organization. But a very large part of that was that they did do microloans to mm. um, women. In, and a $50 loan was like, mm. you know, a $5,000 loan here. And mm. what was really important was they had then the stories from those women. So they became real. We knew, mm. you know, what what a difference we made. And it really, to me, was very important to be associated with that organization, not because of the networking, not because of who the members were. And those were fabulous, but mm. because of what they did. And, um, you know, I, it, it just... Now, obviously, I'm passionate about this subject, but I think it is something that we really can look at with people. And and it could be that you're serving on the board of a business association, you know, all these various things. But it again, it makes people human and it makes us want to connect with them. Mm. And it also ties back into what we were talking about before about connecting with your why. So giving, mm-hmm. you know, your business activities just a little bit more um, weight and mm-hmm. and really um, really feeling like you're you're making a difference not just in the lives of your customers but of of other people that you you care about and you want to support. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the the things that I do is I participate in government mentoring. So that's really you know about giving time and and mm-hmm. helping often there's startups but sometimes they're businesses that have been going for a while and are perhaps you know struggling a little bit and they're looking for some guidance Mm -hmm. so they you know the government puts together different panels to Mm -hmm. to help them so that they've you know just got some 
you know, you know what it's like when you're in your own business, you're sort of so focused on it and everything seems like a good idea or everything seems like a terrible idea and you can't quite differentiate mm-hmm. between the two. And sometimes just going and talking and getting some you know, independent advice just is, is, the, um, is what you need to actually step back and go, okay, this is what we need to do and then the path ahead becomes a bit clearer. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's just giving you time. Um, that can be, you know, what is of most value to the people that you want to help. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's funny how sometimes the littlest things really do make you feel better mm. and different. Mm. Um, I was reading on, on Facebook, you know, the other day where somebody was going through a drive through line and the person ahead of them paid for their meal. Mm. And, you know, she was just floored that that happened. You know, and, and, and so then, of course, she paid for the person behind. And, and, you know, and then you're always, you know, I'm always, the, I'm always the person that's like, yeah, there's probably ordering like 50 behind me or something like that. But, um, you know, there's, there's certainly easier, like toll roads, mm. you know, mm. it, where the, it's the, the same 50 cents, dollar, whatever. You know, just paying it backward. It, it's funny, you know, we are paying it forward, but you're paying it for the person behind. And, and, yeah, sometimes those just really make a difference and it makes you feel better and, you know, puts a smile on your face. Mm. It's funny, I was at a, a lunch just this week and um, one of the people sort of asked everyone to just pause, you know, sort of eight of us or on a table, and to just turn to the person next to us and give them a compliment. And um, it was amazing after, you know, it just took a few minutes, but after that everyone was smiling. Everyone's energy had lifted. Everyone mm-hmm. felt, you know, a lot better. They, they, Someone had said something nice and unexpected about them. Mm-hmm. Not unexpected because we, we were asked to do it, but unexpected in what they actually picked to right. comment mm-hmm. on. Um, and, yeah, it just lifted uh, the energy in the room. It was amazing. Uh, and so, yeah, those sort of things it can be, you know, small, but they actually can make a really big difference mm-hmm. right. in and how you feel. Yeah. Right, right, especially to a small business owner who in many times, many cases, is feeling overwhelmed. Mm. Um, you know, and, and so just to have a simple, oh my gosh, you have the greatest smile or, mm. you know, whatever you're like, oh, okay. The world isn't quite as bad today as I thought it was. Mm. That's right. And you don't know for other people. Um, I know with my kids, we, we talk about, you know, what was the best part of your day, mm-hmm. uh, each evening over dinner. And, you know, often what's the best part of your day is something really small like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I helped uh, someone today who was, you know, confused about, you know, marketing or, you know, f- fell in tears because they, they didn't know <laughs> what to do next. You know, it, it, and that, I guess that's a bigger thing. But it, sometimes it, it is just providing that clarity or providing some sort of compliment or, or doing something for someone else or having someone do something for you. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's those little things that are the memorable parts of life. Right. You know, and, and we all are better for it, you know, and, and I think that's something that, you know, we does get lost in the, the day-to-day business world because we're so busy. We're thinking, you know, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And then, you know, like I said, you know, your, your eyes cross and smoke comes out your ears and, you know, it's, it's kind of taking time to smell the roses. And sometimes it is, you know, I'm going to segue into something. Oh, this is you know, fun to be able to do this. Sometimes it is knowing when to ask for help. Um, mm. you know, and, and you talk about that in your book is there are times where it really does benefit you, the, the business owner, to outsource. So talk mm. about why somebody might even consider outsourcing because, of course, they're thinking, 
that costs me money. Yes. Which, you know, I mean, and that's, that is almost always the biggest factor in it. But why should a small business owner really think about outsourcing? Well, um, often what I hear is people go, marketing is so confusing, I'll just outsource everything. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's at the other end of the spectrum, which I don't really recommend either. But Mm -hmm. if you, um, you know, Peter Drucker talks about marketing and innovation as being the key um, tenets of of business, uh, you really do need to to be putting time and effort into your marketing. And if that's something that, you know, you're really struggling with, then outsourcing makes a lot of sense. It's, I I guess that the difficulty comes in with, as I said, people just going, I I don't, I don't get that marketing stuff. I'm going to outsource a lot. You don't actually know what you're really outsourcing. And Mm -hmm. therefore it's very difficult to actually assess, did that work or not? And as Mm -hmm. I said, um, earlier you know sometimes you don't get the sales you want but something did actually work it just didn't you know it needs to be tweaked a bit to to get you the the maximum benefit Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah there's a lot of challenges with outsourcing and I think one of them is um, that if you're outsourcing sort of everything all your marketing that you're actually putting a barrier between you and your customer because Mm -hmm. you're not um all the feedback is actually going to the person that you're outsourcing to it's not coming directly to you and seeing the positive facebook comments and all of those things that's right. Or, you know, if they're running some advertising, they might be split testing two mm-hmm. different um, ads. So they might have two ads that they're running and they're sending half of the traffic to one and half to the other, trying to work out which one is best. And then, you know, they might get a winning ad and then they'll tweak it a bit more and a bit more and, and, and try and, you know, improve results over time but as the business owner you're probably not as across that you're probably not really aware of what's happening and often you know if you're using a contractor for example they're not they're not going to tell you everything they've done because they they'll be worried that they're going to lose work so um they um you you probably just get reports you might get some numbers or you know a sort of general summary of what's happening but you're not going to know about a lot of the detail so there can be a real disconnect um between you know your business and your customers or or your prospects because you're just not getting all that information so when you are outsourcing it's it's very important to be a bit strategic about it if you've reached a certain size you know sort of the two million plus turnover you want to be bringing marketing in-house and doing it some of it yourself and then outsourcing the aspects that you um, don't have the expertise in and that you know are, are perhaps a little bit um, specific so if you're building a new website you're probably not going to do that yourself that is something that you would definitely outsource mm-hmm. um, bringing in specialists you know if it's a, you, you want to really you you want to do some social media but that's not perhaps core to your marketing then you'd outsource that so I, I'm very much about outsourcing specific tasks on a controlled basis rather than just outsourcing everything. Right. The other thing, yep, sorry. Oh, and, and it, you know, the, the big key is to have, to really know what you are outsourcing and what those expectations are on both mm-hmm. sides. You mm-hmm. know, they'll get frustrated if you just say, do our social media posts. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and, and so you need to, well, you should have a job description. Um, mm-hmm. I outsource several things to virtual assistants and I do have a job description for them, you know, and, and clear expectations, you know, this should take you X number of hours. And I always tell them, you know, if I'm, if I'm off on that, 
let me know because, you know, either I'm asking too much or I didn't explain it or, or whatever. And, mm. you know, it's, it's just like if they were an employee, you know, you need to have those clear expectations set up. Otherwise, you're destined to failure. Mm. And if you don't really understand sort of what's going on and, and what they're you know, doing for you, then it's very hard to set those kinds of parameters. The other thing that um, is also a potential risk is that if you outsource, you know, let's say you outsource um, all your content marketing or, you know, all sort of writing of articles and that sort of thing, and then you decide to, you know, that that's not working out, so you change to someone else, well, then you really have to start over again. And if you don't, you know, if you don't really know what they were doing and how they were doing everything, then the next person has to sort of pick it up and, and start afresh, which mm-hmm. is just not a very good use of your resources, especially for small businesses that, you know, have, mm-hmm. well, everyone has limited resources, but, you know, they really want to make their marketing dollar go as far as possible. And that right there, you're wasting um, time as mm-hmm. well as um, as money, sort of burrowing down a rabbit hole that you then abandon. Uh, mm-hmm. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Right. Um, so, yeah. Well, and of course, if they did it wrong, then you've got mm. a bigger problem. You know, well, maybe that's they, right. Yeah, maybe they used Twitter and were posting, you know, a great example. I When I was in Denver, I worked, uh, you know, I just had a friend. She didn't contract with me, but she was asking my advice. And she was um, a baker and, you know, she, she made pastries and, and things like that. And she had outsourced her social media to a company on the East Coast who, you know, and, and then that was basically it. Just told them, okay, go and do. And <sighs> they were doing things like posting pictures of wedding cakes. Well, she didn't do wedding cakes. Mm. And, you know, and, and then they talk about bad weather. Well, Denver weather is very different than mountain weather, you know, and, and all of these things. And so right away they alienated a lot of potential and current customers because they were like, well, well, what the heck? You know, we we know this person. Doesn't she know she doesn't do cakes? Um, you know, and, and things like that. So it's, you know, you, you don't want to have to fix those boo-boos because sometimes you can't. Um, mm. You know, you've, like you've, you've said, I mean, you've gone down that rabbit hole and you're stuck. Mm, that's right. And then you have to work along, you have to work very hard mm-hmm. to get people back on track or you know, perhaps you've lost the opportunity, as you say, altogether to get some of those people back because they, they look at it and they go, well, you, you don't really know what you're talking about or mm-hmm. how can you offer something, you know, how can you talk about something that you don't even offer? And, right, and, right. You know, you have no interest in offering. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I see too, I'm sure you see a lot of it, is just being on social media and just promoting yourself endlessly rather than actually trying to engage and offer value. Um, right. You know, that would be another thing that I would see. And I, and often when you're outsourcing, if you were just briefing someone and saying, you know, just promote my business and that's all they did, um, you know, that wouldn't be very helpful either. No. People, people just shy away from that. Yeah. You know, we, we all avoid the, the used car salesman mentality. Mm. You know, if they're only posting about, we have this great product and it does da 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 it's, you know, once or twice that's okay, but the third and fourth and fifth and sixth times you tune it out. You know, you might still follow them on whatever the social media is, or you stand and you nod at the networking events, but you know, you, you have tuned it out. And, and mm. so they could be talking about something that would be very beneficial to you, but you're paying no attention. Mm. And I think that actually comes back to often you think that what you do is kind of obvious mm-hmm. and um, people are usually very curious about, well, what motivates you? You know, what 
what's behind you producing these, right. you know, if you're a baker, these these fabulous products? Where do you get your inspiration? Mm-hmm. Um, who are the sorts of people that you look to? And it, it, people want to hear that or they want to feel that they sort of get some insights. So it's not just about um, perfection either. You know, maybe you show on social media a couple of your things that didn't work out and then how you've improved it to, to mm-hmm. make a better product, that sort of thing. So it's, it's being, you know, what we were coming back to talking about earlier, it's being very human, I think, right. and, um, and letting people in. Uh, but if you don't sort of, if you haven't deconstructed, you know, what you're about and what you're trying to achieve, then then maybe you feel you have to have this sort of mask of perfection, or you have to, um, you know, uh, behave in a way that's sort of like you, you know you get your your ideas from some mysterious source and and you don't want to divulge anything. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it is about just letting people get closer to you and yeah, just being real. Right. Well, and sometimes the mistakes you make end up being the best thing you can do. Mm, you know, right. that, that product didn't turn out, but, oh, hey, look what did, you know, mm. and, and some things like that. Yeah, and well, that usually it leads to some kind of learning, doesn't it, some kind of improvement. And, and that's you know, often how people start start out and, and the reason for starting out. And I think that's what is often of interest uh, is why are you actually doing what you do? What is the passion behind um you know, why you actually started in the beginning mm-hmm. oh. and very revealing about mm-hmm. what sort of business and person you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's, I want to talk a little bit more about a couple of the, the subject in, in your book, especially obviously as they pertain to small businesses. And a big one is branding. Now I'm a marketing person. And so when I someone, when I see a business that has unclear branding, it's just like, fingers on a chalkboard to me um you know and 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 there's a variety of reasons why someone could have unclear branding you know i i worked with a photographer one time who uh had this logo that was the cutest logo in the world it was a it was her daughter had made it so it was you know done with colors you know crayola crayons and, and it was very cute and you know but in, in no way did it show what this woman did because she was mm-hmm. an extreme high-end professional photographer. And, and so there was just that immediate mismatch. You know, you saw this cute little color and then, and then you went, you charge how much? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and so we see that so many times. And I, I saw somebody on Facebook the other day that said, you know, what program do I use to design my logo? I'm thinking, okay, yeah. <laughs> wait. Danger, danger. You know? <laughs> she may actually, you know, she may have made all the steps, you know, taken all the steps to know what her brand was going to be, all those various things. But, you know, and or how many times do people just buy a logo, you know, or think, oh, this clip art looks pretty. So talk mm-hmm. to us about the importance of branding, because it's not just your logo. It's it's a lot of different things. And I think small businesses get caught up in the, shall we say, flavor of the moment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and they don't realize that you know what they're putting out there is is just so mismatched. That's right. Uh, consistency, as, as you say, is is super important. But really, it comes back to you know, for branding, it, it's actually about how you're going to position yourself as being different, so mm-hmm. that you are memorable. And if you, as you say, you know, with the photographer, you've you've got this logo which is at odds with the kind of market that you're targeting, then your pricing strategy doesn't make sense because people are confused by it. Mm-hmm. So branding should really be about presenting uh, a cohesive sort of 
match that works for your target market. So it's all, you know, if you, that's why to me it comes back to that strategy. If you've, if you're really clear about what market you're serving and how you can help them, then you're going to be clearer in your branding because everything's got to match with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it can be one of those um, interesting things, you know, finding that backstory about your brand um that's that should be you know flavoring your your um logo as well you know finding out your brand voice are you sort of this helpful um person are you really playful um you know are you going like the one example i talk about in the book is murder burger it's a new zealand burger bar and mm-hmm. they've got a very distinctive brand voice that they use on all their sort of communication even they uh, for job ads, they, they say Murder Burger needs more meat was the the um, the ad they use for <laughs> their their for job the ad. Wanted. Uh-huh. That, exactly, yeah. uh, but it, it's quite a uh, an honest account of the responsibilities and benefits. But you get a real flavour for who the who the company is and and mm-hmm. how they um, how they behave and, and just from their brand voice. So, you know, they talk about their burger as being without any artificial flavors, colors and, and God knows what else that's their sort of tagline. Mm-hmm. So you get a, you get a sense that they're very real and very authentic from that brand voice. So it's, um, it's actually a lot of things that goes that go into to making a consistent brand. You know, I talked before about imagery. Um, consistency is hugely important. You know, being um, consistent with your images, with your fonts, with your logos. Uh, sorry, how you use your logo, the images uh, of yourself that you include, not just of your your product. All of those should be really in keeping. Um, but one of the things you know, I think a lot of small businesses don't have is some kind of guide. Um, for their brand, often if they've got their logo design, they'll get a a, um, a logo guide. So how to use your logo and and mm-hmm. what fonts and colours and things. But actually, it should be a more cohesive brand guide um, that really covers off all the aspects. So that the types of um, images that you want to use, there should be standard wording in there for how you describe your business, um, just so that when you're briefing people about who you are, you can carry that consistency through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I actually have one available, a sample um, on my website, um, just because I think it's something that people often overlook. And, and it's it's really should be a repository for all your branding <laughs> information, mm-hmm. uh, include, you know, including um who your suppliers are so that everyone knows and and you do have one and it's on your resources page um and it's free you know that's we always love that um (laughs) but it it does make life easier you know if Mm. you decide i am always going to use x font my color will always be whatever blue then that just relieves you of a lot of decisions you have to make later on or somebody else you know because hopefully you're not the one person shop forever Mm. Oh, and, and you do have other people who are helping with things and designing things and, and all of those. And they're like, oh, okay, well, according to the brand guideline, here is what I have to do. Mm. And they follow it, hopefully. <clears throat> that, yeah. that, that would be a different problem. But, you know, and, and so you have just made it easier for people to do their jobs. Mm. And easier for you as well, because often, you know, if it's if it's six months in between getting one piece of collateral designed and then getting a new website, sometimes you just forget 
um, what font they, that was used and, oh, that designer said it was, you know, Garamond and actually it's this. And, and mm-hmm. so it just helps. It helps everyone really and it means you don't have to remember. It's all written down. Right. Well, let's talk. We've got, um, you know, a little over five minutes left. Let's talk about the top three problems that small businesses face when it comes to marketing. Mm. I think the first one is often it's low sales growth. Uh, so they're, you know, trying lots of things and um, just sort of not seeing a result and they're not really knowing why that's the case. And often it comes down to how they're communicating, that they they think um, that, you know, what they're doing, what the benefits are of using their product or service are obvious and, and usually they're not. Uh, they do take a bit more communication. Uh, so that's that would be one of the, the top ones. The next one would be a lack of planning. Often there's very haphazard approach when it comes to small business marketing. They, they're, like I said, doing a bit of this, a bit of that and not really tying it all back into something that um, is consistent over the longer term and that, that can make a big difference because really you want to be building on your success, not just mm-hmm. doing lots of things on a scattergun basis. And the last one would be not having any marketing expertise of their own. I think it's really important for businesses to start developing their marketing if they haven't uh, and if they, as I say, are a bit bigger, that they're really nurturing the marketing people that they have and helping them to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's one of those things where a lot of times – sales might be going well and so they think oh we don't need marketing no 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 (laughs) that's that's exactly when you need it um because you never know when things might change and you know and, and if you have stopped your marketing it's very difficult to get it going again you know we we mentioned you know what if you haven't really been using social media or what if your website hasn't been updated in you know five six years you know or even a year i'm i'm one of those people i want it updated Pretty much in a you know every year, even if it's just that you're rearranging and you know and, and motioning with my hands as I'm doing that, you know maybe new headshots, you know a little bit different color palette, you know you you but you don't want to do it drastic. I mean this is not let's rebrand every year. It's you know how can you enhance it and build on it so that people know that you are an ongoing entity. Mm, that's right, and that's also important from a search engine perspective as well. Um, you know, Google's looking to see have you updated your website? Uh, is it sort of current, or is it just sort of left to do its own thing? Right, right. You know, and and again, you might need to outsource that, mm. but it is so important that it gets done. Um, you know, because we have. You know, how many times have you gone to somebody's website? And you know they haven't updated it. The worst thing is if you look and they, they still have, say, their Christmas specials listed. Mm. Or, you know, and, and you're like, really? Um, and more than anything, even if you know that there's still a, a business that is functioning, you're thinking, if this is the quality that they do with their own work, mm. how are they going to give me good quality? You know, and, and so I think that's probably one of the things to really keep in mind with this is, you know, the, the impression you're giving people of your own business is how you're going to think you're going to be treated as a customer. 
Mm. It creates that feeling of well, that, that doubt, I think, in the back of your mind. And you really want to be obviously avoiding that wherever possible and providing more of a, a positive experience. So I agree that I, I was um, at a function recently and someone was talking about an event that he was running. He's a, a jeweler and he had a, an event to promote a, a whiskey night. And then I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I, you know, I might tell my husband about that. I went to his website and there was actually no mention of, oh. of the event that they were running. And I was like, oh, maybe I misheard. Maybe right. maybe well, it wasn't actually. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's right. So you, you really do need to have that cohesion um, to, to make the biggest impact. And, and then, you know, that he potentially lost a sale because mm-hmm. I couldn't find the information. So I didn't make a booking. Right. You know, and, and it comes back to what we said at the very start. You absolutely have to have a marketing plan. And I love that you've got some great resources on your website for people who, you know, are their eyes are crossing and the steam is coming out of their ears because they're thinking, I don't know how to do a marketing plan. You can help them through that. That's right. And the book very much um, helps people through that as well. Uh, but, yep, there's a number of resources available to assist with that. And, you know, if people want to get specific about their business, then the big picture uh, strategy session is an option as well. And, and I'm assuming that, you know, even though you're down in Brisbane, that you work with uh, clients and customers around the world? That's correct, yes. Technology is a fabulous thing, isn't it? I got it. Yeah, you got to <laughs> love it. Got to love that. Um, and so they can find all this information on your website, which is harbren, H-A-R-B-R-E-N.com for Harbren Marketing. That's correct, yes. Harbren Marketing. Great. Well, Joe, we've got just a couple minutes left. So... You know, you're talking to small business owners who are struggling. What are you going to tell them? To get educated about marketing, to find out as much as you can so that you can make better decisions for your business on how you can grow. Right. You know, and, and of course, one of those decisions would be to buy your book. I love that. Of you course. Know, that's, that's my <laughs> job to promote that. That's and so right. it's called Get Smarter Marketing, The Small Business Owner's Guide to Building a Savvy Business. And we mentioned that it's not available in the United States through Amazon, of course. You know, anybody ever buy anything that's not in Amazon? Yeah, that's um, right. But it, it will be available for pre. It is available right now for pre-order on Amazon. Um, you know, and, and so that's something that we want people to take advantage of because it. Uh, you know, I I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy, and it is a great resource. Thank you. Thank you very much. The other thing that is also available through my website is a marketing kickstart kit, um, which is is a free resource. um, And it goes through the seven common mistakes that people make with their marketing. And then it talks about how you can get help, picking the right sort of help for your business and, you know, how to weigh up the different options um, depending on your size, your level of involvement, whether you're short-term, long-term, that sort of thing. And um, that's, you know, also a good resource people can... um, can freely get perfect well one last time jill tell folks how they find and connect with you online uh, if they go to harbren.com h-a-r-b-r-e-n.com that's probably the best way uh, also harbren on twitter perfect well i've been having an absolutely delightful time talking with jill brennan about marketing for small businesses and the the it folks it's critical we cannot say that enough it is absolutely critical And so please check out Jill's information. She's got lots of free resources. And then if you need additional assistance, she's more than happy to provide that. Perfect. Thanks so much for having me, Deb. Great. Well, to everyone out there, have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.